Dustin Baxter and I get down to business by talking about just about anything besides business, because it has everything to do with taking care of yourself and those around you, and your business is going to work itself out, but you have to start somewhere. Are you hitting a wall in your business because you feel like you're too busy? Do you ever wish there were more hours in a day? This podcast is for hyper-focused entrepreneurs who want to learn the secrets of superhuman productivity. Together, we're going to kick procrastination in the teeth. We're going to slice through BS excuses like a katana blade. We don't ever wonder what happened because we're the ones that made it happen. My name is Josh Thomas. You've now entered the do zone. Welcome to the DZ Tribe. There is no passion to be found in settling for a life that is less than the one you are capable of living. Nelson Mandela. DZ Tribe, Josh Thomas, glad to have you. Hey, make sure you don't miss another episode of the Do Zone podcast. Be sure to follow and subscribe on Apple and or Spotify. Also, if you're looking to better understand how you get stuff done, head on over to dozonedna.com and take our personality profile assessment built specifically for busy entrepreneurs just like you. It's going to show you how to build your world around you for optimal performance. Once again, that's dozonedna.com. Our guest today is Dustin Baxter. Dustin is a third-generation builder and has over 20 years of experience, having completed hundreds of successful projects within the construction and specialty craft trades. Dustin and his wife, Tamara, spend a lot of their weekend at dirt tracks across the country racing with their sons. Family is the first priority, and they want to build those exact same relationships in their business. Dustin says he takes a lot of pride in what he does and works extremely hard to achieve client satisfaction and create a long-term relationship. He's also a proud member of the Forbes Business Council. Dustin, welcome to the Do Zone. Say what's up to the tribe and tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. What's going on, Josh? First off, thanks for having me on and hello to everybody out there listening. Uh, the key to... Uh, to getting stuff done, I think is finding yourself happiness and working on yourself first. I think a lot of people think that uh, you've got to focus on all these other things and get those things right in order to get yourself happy, but everything really starts with you. So if you figure out how to get yourself right, whether it's physically, emotionally, uh, the relationships that you have in your own household, getting all that stuff worked out, getting your own house in order, then everything else starts to get a lot easier. I find that it's a lot easier to stay organized and on task. Well said. And it's, it's medicine that we don't want to take, <laughs> but we, but, but we have to sometimes. And so talk to me a little bit. It sounds like that's, that's something you feel really strongly about. And usually when we feel really strongly about things, it's because they weren't always that way. I'm just taking a stab in the dark. And and so I'm I'm curious about the journey that led to you believing that being the most important thing to share. Well, it's funny when you said that, I actually had uh, goosebumps on my arms because you're right. It wasn't always that way. And I think, you know, that's a, a standard misconception for people out there. We always look at the current version of somebody and we think that that's how their life has always been, whether it be in shambles or ultimate success. But uh, for me, um, I grew up extremely poor, come from a very broken family, uh, had a lot of, you know, history of uh, childhood issues and, and family issues. And 
it took me a lot of years to kind of figure out the importance of the relationships around me. And I think I figured that out by getting a lot of them very, very wrong and uh, hurting a lot of people in my life that probably didn't deserve to be hurt. And then as I started into my, how do you, when you say you got them wrong, what happened? Well, I mean, just as far as, you know, uh, whether it be romantic relationships, friendships, uh, employment, uh, I was pretty wild when I was younger. So I, I was at all costs. I rebelled against everything for the most part. Uh, so I finally realized that I needed to figure out how to, you know, do things differently. And what really changed for me, I think was when I started my own family and my own business, because then I realized that without relationships and without trust, none of those things can really exist. Mm. And so starting your family and starting your business, uh, and realizing that trust was the key driver to the success in a family to the success in a business, turning that light back on yourself. It sounds like, man, I don't even trust myself. I'm not taking care of myself. How am I supposed to be a successful person if I can't make that investment? Is that kind of what happened? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a, you, you hit the nail on the head there, right? Where that's really what it comes down to. If we can't trust ourselves in a certain situation, or if we can't trust ourselves to take care of our own soul, our own spirit, take care of our own heart. How can we expect anybody else to trust us to take care of them in a relationship and yet alone with a, with a business venture or some sort of a business dealing, right? Uh, everything comes full circle. So when you start figuring out how to take care of yourself, your own finances, uh, treating the people around you the right way and, and loving the people around you, putting value in those relationships, then that starts to overflow into every area of your life, including your business. Yeah, I've seen that time and time again, and uh, it's it's a recurring theme. You know, I know this is the first time that you're on here, but it's kind of a recurring theme about self love. And I've I've heard it said a bunch of different ways, where somebody has to look in the mirror and be able to say, "I like myself," because if you don't like yourself, just like you said earlier. Nobody else is going to like you. If you don't even like you, why would anybody else like you? And uh, I've struggled with this so many times. And the conversation I was having recently about this was I I really hated being alone for the longest time. I, I couldn't stand it. I got anxiety about sitting in a house by myself and not having any company. Yeah. And so I would constantly surround myself with other people. And, and then... COVID happened and like there were no other people. And so I'm sitting in the house by myself trying to figure out what's my problem. And the problem that I realized was I actually don't like myself. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should work on that instead of medicating that issue, that uh, inadequacy by surrounding myself with people. It's a distraction to not liking myself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, I mean, I can relate to that. Uh, it, it's taken me a lot of years to get to a place where I can spend time by myself in solitude and actually enjoy that time and use that time in a, you know, in a positive manner where typically when I was younger, you're exactly right. I would find myself always needing to be surrounded by people or always needed to be out doing something, uh, you know, entertaining, keeping myself busy. And at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Some of the other things that happen is you become so clouded with yourself, with your self image and not liking yourself that 
even when somebody may or may not like you, you don't even see it because you, you know, you have somebody and you think, well, why, why do they want to have a relationship with me? I'm, I don't even care for myself. I'm not the person that they think I am. So you kind of, you kind of uh, cloud that vision yourself and contaminate those relationships before they even have a chance to really happen. It's kind of a, see, I told you I wasn't worth anything, you know, it's like a self-sabotage kind of thing. You know, it's interesting. Like, uh, I started this podcast about productivity and action taking and and all of the conversations are are very deep philosophical stuff like this. And I love it, you know, uh, because really, if you want to get down to the fundamentals of action taking, it requires you to have a purpose. It requires you to have a direction. It requires you to have clarity and get rid of that fogginess and cloudiness in your mind so that you can get up and go and do the things. And I know that one of the things that really drives you is family. And so talk to us a little bit, you you alluded to this earlier, but talk to us a little bit about how, what are some lessons that we can learn from taking care of our family that can translate and transfer over into building a successful business like you've done over the last two decades? So I'm, I've been married, uh, this year will be celebrating 17 years of marriage, uh, about 20, 21 years of being with my wife. And the first 10 years, and I'm, I'm very public about it, I, I spent the first 10 years of our marriage, I tell people that I, I spent 10 years trying to do everything I could to destroy and contaminate our marriage. And for whatever reason, my wife decided to stick around. And I finally got to a place where I was like, you know, I got to take a hard look in the mirror here. I can't constantly be pointing the finger at her. I've got to own, I've got to own this. Right. And if I want to fix this and make it right, it's got to start with me. And I'll never forget. I had a friend that uh, literally asked me one day, very specific question. He said, dude, what, what happened, man? What changed? Cause it was like, for him, it was like a light bulb. He'd just seen this switch in our relationship. And he'd probably seen this shift in my, uh, in the way I carried myself in my own aura. And I said, you know, I, I finally started watering my own lawn. And he's like, what do you mean? And I said, well, for years, I just, I shut the water off to it. And I expected it to grow without me providing. And I finally just realized that, you know what, I've got to turn the water back on. So I've been taking care of my own yard, watering my own lawn. And all of a sudden things are starting to grow. And that was a major turning point for me. So at that point, I realized that the more work I put in, the more I get out and what I, what I mean by the more I get out is the more reward I get because that relationship becomes so much more fulfilled, so much deeper, so much more connected. And then that starts to pour over into your children. Your children pick up on that stuff too. So I think those are things really that are the foundation for uh, success in all areas of life. And don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people out there that don't, you know, that are single or have gone through divorces or have, uh, you know, their second or third marriages or whatever the case may be. And I'm not saying that that's not okay either, but I think in any relationships you have in your life, you've got to make them a priority and you've got to nurture them so that they will grow, whether that be business, your intimate partners, your friends, uh, your own family. I think that's just key to growth. And watering your own lawn is, is such a simple concept. It paints, it paints a picture. I mean, when you started saying that, I, I literally imagined you standing out there with a hose, taking care of your grass, you know, and you may be, you may be doing that. I don't know, but, but, but it hits home the message. You got to water your own lawn. And that's a simple concept. 
and and what are some and you know I, I I'm sitting here looking at my lawn and I'm embarrassed to say that it is not been it has not been watered lately I'm just saying you know but <laughs> hey it's Texas so. right uh, but uh, so what are some different ways if if somebody's listening and you know regardless of their relationship situation you mentioned hey if you're single divorced whatever that comes back to you can still water your own lawn. Hundred watering yourself, the one, the lawn for you. Everybody yeah. has their own kind of secret garden, and if that garden is full of weeds and rot, well, you—that's because you put it there, you know. And so, what, what maybe are some recommendations for somebody that's fighting through this, that's struggling, and that you know the world doesn't operate the way they want it to? Their business isn't going great. Their family life isn't going great. What are some things as far as watering your own lawn that you would recommend somebody check out first? What are what are some of the big hit items that like, man, you knock these out and everything else gets easier? Well, I think it goes back to kind of what you said, whether you're single or you're not single, uh, you know, you've got kids, don't have kids, whatever the case is. It, it all comes back to that same concept of you've got to feed yourself first, right? Nourish yourself first. So you've got to get back to that foundational base of, taking care of you to where you can look at yourself in the mirror and irregardless of what anybody else thinks or sees or projects onto you, you're confident with who you are because you're living the right way. And, and that, that right way may be different in one person's standards versus another's. Right. But I think ultimately we've got to live with integrity. We've got to trust ourselves. Uh, and there's a lot of different things you can do to, to work on that, whether it be, you know, reading some good self-help development books, I think are just a great practice to get, get into anyhow, because they really do force your mind to slow down a little bit and force you to think about where you're at in life and what direction you're heading so that you can move forward with some intention. And I think that's key in anything we do is moving forward with intention. None of us are going to be perfect. We're always going to make mistakes along the way, but continuing to move in that right direction, whatever it may be for your purpose. And then taking care with all of the relationships that you have, whether they be a business relationship, uh, an intimate relationship, your family, your kids, and doing your best to, you know, to treat the people around you with respect and grow those relationships. I do a lot of, we do mostly all high-end custom homes. And some of my clients have become literally lifelong best friends. And that's one thing I really love about what I do uh, I could go do commercial work and I have done lots of commercial work and it's very black and white. It's all about budget and schedule. It's very easy, but there's zero emotional attachment. Some people hate the emotional attachment and the, and the emotional roller coaster because when we build somebody's home, right, we're, we're dealing with all of their emotional baggage. Uh, sometimes it's a husband and wife. Sometimes it's just one person who knows, but we're dealing with that roller coaster of emotions as we're building their house. You know, we're fighting budget, we're fighting design stuff. So it can be challenging, but at the end of the day, the relationships that are built there are incredible and I cherish them. Nice. Well, I, I love where this is going, man. I love the way that you think. So uh, let's get into the do zone diagnostic. You ready? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So five quick questions here. I ask every single guest. Uh, first thing that comes to mind, rapid fire. Number one, what's one thing you do that keeps you focused on your goals? Exercise daily. Nice. I love it. And, and how do you get back on track, Dustin, when you lose that focus? Uh, well, that's one of those things, right? You just can't let yourself get stagnant and stale. And you really just got to kick yourself in the ass and, and 
you know, sometimes if I take a couple of days off, I'm, we were just gone on a, on a business trip and I took two days off at the gym and I haven't done that in a while. And, uh, yesterday it was hard for me to go. So I forced myself to get in there and did 45 minutes of cardio and then lifted some weights and stretched a little bit. But I think you just, you got to just force yourself to, to move outside that comfort zone and not fall back into comfort, into that super comfortable. Mm. Like this is easy. I'm okay here. Nice. And and speaking of getting out of the comfort zone, who's your support group and how do they keep you accountable? Well, luckily my wife is, uh, about eight, nine months ago, we kind of jumped back into the fitness thing and I was kind of, uh, remapping my future here, moving out to Texas and starting over with my company. And I needed a little stimulant to, you know, get myself pointed in the right direction. So I suffer from this stuff too. And, uh, she ended up jumping in with me after a couple of months, we did 75 hard and it's kind of just stayed on course since there. And we, we hold each other accountable. And I think both of us, um, have realized that we, we don't feel nearly as good if we, if we're not taking care of ourselves and it really does affect every area of our life. Yeah. Gotcha. And how do you approach a difficult project that you're not sure how to complete? I'm sure you've run into this many times in your career. Run into it daily. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still as guilty as the next person of getting paralysis by analysis, right. Of overthinking things and not knowing where to jump in. So I, again, I kind of force myself just to start and it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm starting at the perfect place, but just get in and start. And then typically once you just start the action, your brain will start working and you'll start chipping away at the project. And before you know it, you find yourself with a solution and you can move forward. Last question, Dustin, what's the number one pro tip you would give to someone looking to get more stuff done in less time? I would say uh, time management, time blocking, organizing your days on your calendar. Uh, I don't do, you know, hundred percent of my day on my calendar, like some people do, but I do try to plug as much stuff in there as possible. I plug family stuff in there. Uh, it allows me to just stay on course and check off what I need to do. I usually keep Mondays kind of open so that I can catch up on emails, deal with guys out in the field and any, you know, kind of new surprises that we might be dealing with that we have to figure out how to get through for the week. But other than that, I try to organize everything. So I think time management organization is critical to, uh, to getting more done. Well said. I love it. A man after my own heart. I appreciate it. So uh, talk to me a little bit about, uh, precision builders and, uh, why, uh, in the up and down economy and housing markets and, and, uh, all of the things happening here, high end custom homes. Talk to me about how you weather the storm of these ups and downs that everybody experiences and you, you come out on top and, and tell me a little bit about your kind of secret sauce and, and who's a good client for you. So, you know, construction is a, it's an up and down game, just like, you know, real estate, or I think everything for the most part has its, its ebb and flow. But for me, the, the high end home stuff started uh, when I was in Northern California, I had done a fair amount of custom homes, high end homes, and then the fires hit there and we, we lost uh, uh, 7,000 homes in our hometown. So we kind of shifted into doing primarily uh, all custom homes. We were doing a lot of wineries and stuff as well because there was wineries burning down and things like that. So <clears throat> through the process, like I said, the relationships that I made with people uh, really impacted me heavily. And a lot of them too, going through so much loss and losing everything, losing their homes, every, all of their belongings, their kids stuff. I mean, I have seen some stuff that emotionally kind of shakes you when it comes to that, but those relationships for me, 
are what drive me to stay in the high-end market. Uh, there's probably a lot of production home builders out there that make a lot more money than I do and they have a lot less headaches. But for me, I take a lot of pride in what I do and I'm not okay doing things half-assed or, or cutting corners where you know long-term quality is going to suffer or a client thinks that they may be getting a specific product or something that's going to, you know, have some durability or last, but really all it was, was just a little bit of lipstick to get them through to buy the place. That's just not my style. So I tend to stick to the more high-end uh, luxury home market, more custom stuff to where people are willing to pay for the, the higher end product, the higher end service, but we're building a lifelong relationship. And they know in 10 years from now, if they've got an issue, they can call me because we've become friends. That's awesome. And, and so do you, do you work uh, in specific areas nationwide or uh, is it mostly concentrated in what, now Texas? Yeah. So we're concentrated in the Austin area now. So I, uh, most of my work is all in Austin. I've got a project going in Georgetown, but you know, Austin in 30, 30 to 45 minutes uh, radius around Austin, but that's pretty much where we're at. I like to stay where I can still drive out and visit a project myself. I can still go meet with the clients myself. To me, that's a, the, an important part of the relationships that I'm building with clients. Um, I think the, the clients expect that and they like that connection as well. That's part of the service that we provide. So I'm curious, uh, the, the, the housing market has exploded uh, in the last couple of years and it's cooled off significantly at this moment as of, as of this recording anyway. Yeah. And uh, I, especially in the Austin market, I'm in Austin as well. And a a million dollar home ain't what it used to be. No, and, and so I'm curious about the the upward pressure on the custom high end new construction homes. What did you see? What are some trends that you saw in the market as the uh, existing inventory was just getting zapped up and the prices were going nuts? Well, it's interesting because the you know, the real estate market has tapered off a little bit. I'd say it's, you know, kind of plateaued, flattened. Some of it's started to fall a little bit, but Austin, the Austin area is still pretty hot because the demand is still so high. I think you're seeing things sit on the market now, which you didn't see that, you know, six months ago, you know, I mean, uh, you could pretty much stick a for sale sign anywhere and the place was gone within a couple of days. And that's not the case yeah. right now. That's the market I bought a house in, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I right. don't recommend it. Yep. Still, still hurting, still hurting. No lube yeah. or nothing. <laughs> well, the good news is, is that, you know, we do know that history shows it will, it will come back, right? If you're in it for the long haul and you'll still yeah. make money. But the luxury market is a little bit different in the, the luxury areas in Austin. You know, there's not, there's only so much land around the lake and, in, in centralized Austin and stuff like that. So the demand is still real high and there's not a lot of availability. Uh, and then the people that are coming here that, that have the money and want to build the, you know, homes that they want. I mean, there's homes around the lake that are 40, $50 million. And I would say that, you know, $10 million homes are a dime a dozen, you know, in the Westlake area and around Lake Travis and stuff like that. So the marketplace is here and I think it'll continue to thrive. Uh, I think that, People want quality. They want a good product. And there's a lot of areas in the surrounding Austin, you know, the outerlying areas where it's mostly all production homes. So I think the luxury market's going to continue to to thrive. Nice. That's cool, man. And and yeah, you're right. Uh, I've been here 20 years. Uh, the 40 to $50 million homes, 
definitely did not exist 20 years yeah. ago, but the uh, that lack of availability and lack of space has really pressed uh, prices up, especially in the last few years. And so it's yeah. interesting to see uh, in this market, uh, obviously you've seen demand kind of cool off, uh, but there are still people out there. There are still people looking to buy new homes and they're still willing to pay whatever price to get yeah. what they want, right? Yeah, and I think, again, like I said, I think they just sit a little bit longer, right? But they eventually, it seems like stuff is still selling, you know, for a pretty good price point. Uh, and let's be honest, you know, Austin's a unique area, right? It's got a lot to offer. Uh, there's definitely a lot of Californians coming here. Uh, it's, you know, similar side of the fact that this year was really, really hot. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know that you ever get totally used to that. But it is it is a beautiful area, and there's a lot to do here. It's a pretty diverse area. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. So Austin's very unique. Yeah. Awesome. And so if there is somebody here in uh, Austin, Central Texas area that uh, may be interested in engaging with you about talking about a a custom home or getting some advice or just wanting to connect with you, where can they go to learn more about you and connect? Yeah. So you check out my website. uh, Precision Builders Texas is the company name, but it's P-R-E-C-B-U-I-L-D Texas.com. Social media, same thing, Precision Builders Texas, either Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok. You can find me, Dustin Baxter, on any of the social media platforms. But yeah, I'd love to talk to anybody out there that's that's looking for some guidance on you know how to start the process. Awesome. Exciting. Uh, really glad to have you. Dustin Baxter, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for coming on here and specifically for sharing how important watering your lawn is to the success <laughs> of your family, yourself, and your business. Really appreciate that insight. For those of you who are interested in engaging with Dustin, you can reach him at precbuildtexas.com. That's precbuildtexas.com. Once again, uh, if you want to keep hearing great content like this, be sure to follow and subscribe on Apple or Spotify. And don't forget to get your own personal Do's Own DNA by visiting DoZoneDNA.com. Until next time, remember, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. What are you going to do with yours? I have a job for you. Open up your phone or get out a piece of paper and write down these three questions. Number one, what is one important task I can get completely done today? Number two, when can I start it? And number three, what impact will that have on my life? Now answer these questions as best you can every single day this week. Then commit to taking action daily. Now you're in the do zone, baby. Let's go. Need some help with accountability? Are you stuck where you're at and not sure how to break through the barrier in front of you? Join the DZ tribe for free by visiting thedozone.com. We're a group of hyperactive entrepreneurs who want to help you get more stuff done. Oh, one more thing. If you know somebody who needs to hear this message, share it with them. Text them, email them, send them a DM on social media, smoke signals, carrier pigeons, whatever. Be sure to tag us at The Do Zone. Also, keep the five-star written reviews coming over on iTunes. That helps new people find the show, hear it, and get themselves into The Do Zone as well. And always remember, the road to success is paved with imperfect action. So what are you waiting for? Go do something already. See you next time.